Local independent restaurants are a vital part of the Portland community and could really use a hand up. Tell your local representative to support the Restaurants Act. Learn more and get started at saverestaurants.com. This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. And Chris, uh, I know you know this, but uh, maybe the general listening population of Right at the Fork might not realize Christmas is just days away. Yeah, now they're, I think they're aware and they're, there's Hanukkah going on as well and anything else anyone celebrates at this time of year. Yeah, a g- great thing for you to do if you want to take some of the load off is to uh, include Zupans in your holiday shopping. Right now, a great deal on Harris Ranch Prime Top Sirloin, only twelve ninety nine a pound. That's You're saving $5 a pound, Chris, which is pretty great. Uh, you also yeah, have if you're serving a lot of people, five dollars a pound means something. Yeah. Uh, the holidays at my house mean charcuterie boards. There's no better place in the world than to go to your local Zupans and look at uh, their different uh, meats and, and cheeses and Kelly's jelly. They're uh, pepper jellies. I, I love to put like brie and then some sort of like peppery jelly on a piece of uh, toast or a, a cracker. Oh, that that screams Christmas to me. It's very good. And so they do also, you can get the little three packs there, which is a fun little stocking stuffer for people. I just got that. So you mentioned it. I just happened to grab some Kelly's jelly, you know, some uh, mango madness. Uh, I don't remember what the other two were, but um, all sorts of great gift ideas at Zupans between now and Christmas. So you can walk in there with a big question mark over your head and get rid of that question mark just by walking through the store. And you'll say even some ornaments, nice little ornaments. I like to give those for Christmas, too. But they have some fantastic um, ideas there that you can take advantage. In addition to all their holiday specials, you know, they have a whole feast for four people that you can just order pre-cooked and all you do is warm it with prime rib and all sorts of beautiful sides or you can order some of the best prime rib you'll find anywhere from zupans as well yeah don't forget you need to get your holiday order in by the way by this saturday december 19th so if uh, uh, again you don't want to miss out on this if you want to lighten the load They're, they also have great selection of wines right chris yeah, they have the well. They have the twelve days of wine going on, and we're probably we're not. We still got some of those twelve days left. Mm-hmm. So you count down to Christmas with wines from their cellar each day through Christmas Eve. They'll be featuring a large format wine or wine package from their cellar collection. And Zupans, uh, as many know, is the best source for wine in the Portland area. it's uh, They've got quite an extensive collection there and knowledgeable people who can help you through that as well. So um, their prices, they have some great prices valid through the end of the year. That would be December 31st. Zupans, any time of the year, but especially now is a great place to go. They have three locations. One is in Lake Oswego, another one on McAdam. And of course, the I think it's the... Um, the no not the hallmark location but it's probably the busiest location on west burnside yeah and there's another busy location too court where's that that's why when you go to uh zoopans.com All right, it's time once again, Portland's Food Scene Podcast. It's right at the fork with your host, Chris Angeles from Portland Food Adventures. And Court Johnson from uh, kink.fm, and he's running the country. 
station, station over there at Alpha Media as well. I'm just support. I'm running support at the country station. I put on my cowboy hat about half the day and uh, walk around with some spurs on. It's great. Right, but we're in 2020, so no, so I could say anything and make it reality. Sure. Right. So. Oh yeah. You, and if you say it often enough, it just becomes reality. Yeah. So. Uh, that will be the second time I use that. So as we go, people are going to think you're running the man, country. This is great. I appreciate uh, you're you're my uh, my hype man. Yeah, and so um, I think you'd be great in the the cabinet as we move forward to 2021. Um, oh, so uh, who who yeah. who wouldn't be great going into that cabinet other than the people currently in the cabinet, right? Well, that's yeah, that's uh, that's our belief. And you and I are allowed to editorialize on this podcast. But yes, uh, anybody, anybody, you know, I've maintained for years that my dog or actually what he leaves on the lawn in the morning would have been better than what was in the White House for the last four years. So um, done the less damage anyway. That's my position. I don't know if you I know you agree, Court, but. We never wanted to get into politics on this podcast, but it's interesting that somehow we found our way in that direction here because our guest this week is a best of, and it's Janice Martin, who Janice Martin, who um, years ago when I first friended her on Facebook, told me, "Chris, you're you're welcome. We're welcome to be friends, but I can tell you right now, I'm going to say some things that piss you off." And you may think at some point down the road, you don't want to do that. And so she and I are, it's an interesting example of when you can be diamet, almost diametrically opposed politically and still enjoy someone, appreciate them and respect them as well. Sure. So, um, as in fact, coming into the election, Janice is one of the few people that I did one of those 30 day blocks on because anything that she posted politically was, you know, something I decided I'm not commenting on on Facebook anymore. I just decided months ago, I'm not going to change anybody's mind. So just try my best to stick, stay away from it and not comment politically, but it's very hard. Let's talk about food instead. Yeah, let's talk about food, but I want to make one other point, which I don't think I've made on this podcast. And um, as long as we have a little voice here, Facebook is unbelievable because any time over the last four months, I noticed this, that there was a political post, you know, from whatever news organization, it might have been anything. There's a lot of them on my Facebook feed. They have decided that in their algorithm, the only response to that post that they should post to me is the most, is anything to piss me off. So, it could be anything about Biden or anything about Trump, but they always put the most pro-Trump response. The one I could see to, you know, in response to the article. And I think that is atrocious and something should be done about that because they're obviously trying to sow discord. Oh, yeah. And, you know, so I don't know about First Amendment rights there, but to have a, such a powerful organization set it up so that we're fighting amongst each other and we get to where we are right now in this country. Uh, Facebook, I believe, had a lot to, has had a lot to do with that. And that needs to be 
fixed in some way or fashion. Well, I think the the only real way the the two fixes, Chris, really is a the realization that it's going on, which you which you have done, and then you just got to do what I do, which is I just don't get on Facebook anymore. It it makes me happy in zero ways, so I I'm out of there. No, I can't. If I stay away from politics, there's a lot that I like about Facebook. But yeah, but you yeah, you can't control you can't control your feed. Pardon me. You can't control that in your feed. That's the problem. You, is you can't you can't control what Joe Blow, the guy you met ten years ago, that uh, you find out he's just a, a raging idiot. You can't control. Right, you can't control right. that. Yeah, but I've del- I've deleted those, or as I mentioned with Janice, not referring to her as a raging idiot. Right. But I don't. I think she'd laugh if she heard this. She's going to hear it. Right. Um, uh, those people, I just you know block for uh, thirty day periods, and then. Hopefully, as we get out of this, the pol- the political posts are going to weigh- are going to be fewer and further between, and so less to deal with. But I, you know, there's also I have this thing on my desktop that has a filter. I forget what it's called, but I can filter out all political posts on my desktop, so I know see most of that. Right. So, um, so that's good. I think it's called Socials Feeder or something like that. Hmm. But at any rate. Um, it, it is interesting that Janice and I are diametrically opposed and we've managed to, um, you know, have certain respect for each other. I would like to ask her what she respects about me. I don't know, but she's always been very friendly to me and I yeah. appreciate it. So those in who, you know, to not to um, keep it a mystery for too long, Janice Martin was is best known in the food community for having uh, been the chef and bartender, whatever you want to call it, at Tanuki for years, which was always one of the places in Portland where you can get some of the best food, most interesting experience. However, it was also, um, there was a little soup Nazi-ish attitude going on there, and and she became well-known for that and didn't care. So uh, after Tanuki closed, um, she went to East Gleason Pizza, of all places, interesting, and has been making some incredible pizza. I've been there. It's fantastic. And uh, I guess through this pandemic, pizza is one of the things that has done pretty well. I don't know. We haven't talked to Janice uh, uh, to catch up, but um, it's still open. So you can't go to Tanuki anymore, but you can go to East Gleason Pizza. And we thought um, it would be a nice, nice to revisit at this time of year, too. Yeah, and I, in fact, I was just thinking the other day. I don't know why it popped into my mind um, th- this idea of of Tanuki and what Tanuki was, and it was one of these places in Portland that I wanted to get to, and will never have a chance, like so many right. places. And so now there are so many places that um, aren't going to be open. Um, so yeah, the the answer to that is. Just please go patronize any restaurant that you like or even are just curious about by doing takeout or whatever they have to offer. Some are doing outside dining again. And I think shortly uh, some places will be, um, you know, opening for indoor dining again. So do patronize as much as you possibly can because these places are struggling and, um, and also, there's there needs to be legislation as well. So uh, go to Save Restaurants as well. We mentioned that right up top. Also, it's probably in our show notes. Um, go to saverestaurants.com uh, and see what you can do to help as well as patronizing. So 
that's a great idea too. So, um, Court, what else do I have to say? I'm I, sorry, I'm I'm out of words, and I am as well. So, I think this would be a great time as we just say, here's Janice. Right at the Fork is supported by Zupan's Markets. Whether you're an expert chef or a connoisseur of great cuisine, Zupan's Markets has been the number one destination for the food and wine lovers of Portland and beyond for over 40 years. West Burnside, McAdam, and Lake Oswego, or Zupan's.com. Ringside Steakhouse. It's time again to slice into the best steaks and service available in Portland. Seating is now available by reservation only for indoor and outdoor dining at ringsidesteakhouse.com. And check out the newly opened New England-style fish and ship spot with a Northwest personality, Rock Paper Fish, a partnership between the Peterson family and Portland icon Micah Camden in the old Boxer Ramen space on East Burnside for takeout only. And by Portland Food Adventures, Cabin Fever, book a fantastic culinary vacation in 2021 with podcast host Chris Angeles. Experience the best of Basque Country with Javier Canteras of Erdineta or Western Sicily with Taste of Italy's Austri Enzyme. Whet your appetite and get more information at portlandfoodadventures.com or contact Red at the Fork host Chris Angeles for more details. Well, you know, I mean, everyone likes Italian food. I, you don't usually encounter people that say no. Yeah. No, but, and you know, here... Fuck in, spaghetti. We don't get a lot of Italian in Portland. I mean, there's a little, but compared to where I came mm-hmm. from in Connecticut, yeah. I mean, it was like 50% of all restaurants were some derivative of Italian, if not pizza. East Coast, for sure. And and then, too, you know, West Coast, Cal- you know, California, you get a lot of Italian and East Coast. And there's a lot of Italian, you know, in Cleveland where I grew up in Chicago, obviously right. has a ton too. Almost everywhere, but when I moved here, there was always just kind of Northwestern, you know, derivative Italian. Mm-hmm. It wasn't real standard Northern yeah. and Southern Italian, but there's a little bit now. But And you're doing it, you're, you're into the pizza now. You know, uh, it, my my first job when I was uh, in, in junior high school was Italian. Was my, it? uh, my godparents' uh, sister had a... Uh, Italian restaurant pizza place. And so all people whose uh, families have, uh, you know, a restaurant, you get drafted. Mm-hmm. Not so much anymore, you know. Kids don't want to work so much anymore, but... Uh, you know, I was noticing that you... I was looking at a few of your most recent Facebook posts, but you recently you made a comment about I come from the generation that keeps on... that doesn't give up or keeps on trying. So... Exactly what generation is that? I was trying to figure that out. I'm where 45. That, yeah, so. so where does that end? Where does the, what, in your mind, <laughs> the drive to keep going, at what age are we now? How old are the, the people who aren't, aren't of that generation? I'll just put it that way. I'd say I, I see an interesting cutoff below the, like, 38 line. 38? Yeah. Well, it used to be 30, but although they're all 38 now. The 30-year-olds yeah. eight years ago. Yeah. It's you know, it's um it's different. I don't want to say you know, society's changed a lot, you know. The uh idea of work ethic has changed a lot, so it's you know, I have my own opinions on it that aren't value neutral, but to be value neutral, um it's just different. Well, do you think it's um, a function of parenting 
where everybody was given a trophy just for showing up? <laughs> you know, I, I not what, everyone. I shouldn't I, say yeah. everyone. But. I mean, there's, I mean, obviously, I, I read some of that, um, and you know, I know some people who have children, obviously, but, um, and I guess I'll probably end up being around kids more now. But, but uh, Tanuki, I effectively managed to avoid any contact with children for eleven years. So, you had a sign right out front. Well, I mean, that if was I a, recall. It was interesting because that was a joke. Because it's actually, I mean, it's a law. It's you know, you go into a bar no and it's twenty-one right. plus, no minors. You know, it's like, and I'd get in arguments with people, and they're like, "This is ridiculous." I'm like, you know, someone from the state comes and puts that sticker on my door. I didn't make this up. Well, no, and, but didn't you have your own in addition to the no minors mm-hmm. one? You had yeah, a, no sushi, no kids. Right there, um, you go. but that was just kind of facetious because you know, again, people not understanding like, hey, this isn't a rule I made up. This is the law. Right. And uh, when when I first opened in 2008, um, we opened about six months, I think, after Biwa. And so there wasn't a lot of familiarity with izakaya food and Japanese food beyond like sushi and teriyaki. Right. Um, and uh, so people come in very upset that I didn't serve sushi. And so it's just kind of a joke, just big A-frame, just to catch them right at the door. No sushi, no kids. Well, it's like... Um some of the the more authentic, I could yes, I could say Mexican places mm-hmm. like you know Nick mm-hmm. Zukin's place. People expect you know enchiladas with cheese on them, yeah. and that's not what they're going to oh, get. Let me turn off my phone. Oh, I probably should I do mine too. I thought I put too. it on silent, but apparently I'm usually pretty good at turning it off. I but every it. once in a while, I miss it, and mine is probably going to be doing a notification. So, but Nick has that same problem. Carnitas people. is the thing. He gets a lot of people upset that he doesn't do carnitas and asadas. Is right. What, is what he usually tells me people get upset right. about. And he probably, yeah, he doesn't react to it at all. He just lets that go. You two are, you did, two. Did, did you, did you just say Nick just lets things go? Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> I was going to say that. I, I was just going to draw the parallel. You between didn't look you and like Nick. you were being sarcastic. You, you two are friends. And I think I, I may have met you through Nick's feed years ago. Maybe. Facebook feed, I don't know. But you two are two people who don't just let things go. <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, it's interesting because I think a lot of people who know me would well would say that I let things go. I'm interested in pursuing the idea of a thing because I want to understand. But as far as like emotional disengagement, I don't hold grudges. I don't stay angry. I don't do those things. So I... I, I let go of negativity surrounding it, but if there's a debate going on, I, I want to understand. How other the, people think. Yeah. Well, it's And where they're coming from. You know, because I was thinking about that today, and you don't hold grudges at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can no tell point, you that really. because <laughs> I remember, uh, so it would have been back in September, October, so I responded, and sometimes I think, why do I even bother responding? Mm-hmm. I don't feel that strongly about this yeah. issue, but I did, and... You slammed me with something, and I remember I was in Spain, uh-huh. and I thought, man, I don't want to get into this. I just, and I, you, you, I kind of backed off and just disappeared into the woods mm-hmm. and let you, you just let it go. And um, so obviously, you either have a bad memory or no. you, you just, you do have a memory, and you're just like, I'm not going to hold that against Chris, but. It, well, there's nothing to hold against, really. I, mean, I don't it's, know. It's, there was a, I, mean, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I remember thinking I I should respond here, but no, I'm having a good time. I think you may Italy. have thought I was angry when I wasn't. It was it was just like, 
no, this isn't how we're going to do this today. This is not, right. <laughs> this is not going to happen here. You know, there's, there's certain amounts of tone policing I do um, on my personal page because I don't want people to be intimidated from debate. So sometimes if certain languages are used, and I don't mean like you were using vile language or anything, but no, sometimes if, if something takes a certain tone, I'll be like, you know what, we're not really going to do that. <laughs> um, just because I don't want people, you know, I have a variety. I, I keep my friend group really small on that, but it's a it's an interesting variety. Like sometimes someone will like go full force, like attacking uh, religion or something. Christianity in particular is you know really popular to uh, to attack. I was like, you know, I have a lot of friends that are very devoutly religious, and if you could just not say that about the Virgin Mary, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just things like that. Well, I think also in writing, things tend to come across differently, and I think. Um, so, uh, to reference this, mm-hmm. your Facebook feed, when I first, uh, ha- went to add you as a friend, you mm-hmm. said you might not want to do this. <laughs> and I think we talked about that on the last podcast, but you know, there, from my standpoint, it's fairly controversial or, and, or I think you're trying to be funny some of the time or just you're amused trying so you put some, to be funny no no no, no. that's why <laughs> I, I just, am funny oh, no, no, no. fire no 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 i didn't mean it that way i meant i think you mean I'm things in an amu- hilarious no you mean things in an amusing way yeah. you're t- so you're you're that's your forum to be mm-hmm. amusing and to amuse yourself too sometimes i put things out there really i didn't mean to get into a debate mm-hmm. on this i was just trying to amuse myself this yeah. is, so um I think that's a lot. I think there are people who might view you as a little pissed off when you're probably not. Yeah. Oh, there's definitely, and, and and again, it's it's part of something that's kind of good about keeping my personal page smaller. Personal right? is people that are more likely to get that is like you know, but someone who doesn't know me would think that I'm going on this like rant when I when right. I'm when I'm really just like ha ha, look at the assholes. <laughs> um, yeah. You can usually, it's a safe bet uh, that, you know, all other things being equal, you're probably better off going, I think she finds this amusing than I think she's pissed off about it. That's exactly what I was just trying, you know, that's what I was trying to say. And I wasn't saying you were attempting to be, (laughs) but uh, no, I mean, I I think that in many cases you just back off and say, this is her day. And, you know, you just referenced in the elevator Mm -hmm. that you don't sleep very well. Yeah. So there are probably mornings where you, yeah, you do, <laughs> you're just <laughs> waiting to put it out there. If, you know, I, I, lack of sleep doesn't make me grouchy either. In fact, even if I am posting angrily or, or saying, usually I'm amused even when I'm angry. Right. Yeah, <laughs> no, I can see that. Yeah. P- pissed off and laughing. <laughs> so There's um, worse ways to go through life. <laughs> so interesting. So I wanted to, we want to talk about um, Tanuki mm-hmm. and the closing of Tanuki. Yeah. Um, so as part and parcel of that in relation to social media, so you had your own restaurant to, to when you, when you talked about it, you're speaking from the perspective of your own restaurant mm-hmm. and now you're, are you jumping around a little bit or are you just at East Gleason? No, I'm, I'm at East Gleason. You're at East Gleason. Mm-hmm. So. I've actually been working there since October. Oh, that's a long so time. So I actually started before I'd uh, shut Tanuki down. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't commit to being there mm-hmm. uh, as as their employee um at that point but yeah when it looked like um 
when it looked like it wasn't going to be something I could bounce back from just uh, health-wise. Um, Kristen and Todd, uh, the owners there, have been my friends for a long time. Uh, we've known each other and hung out at each other's places for a long time. And they'd come off a, a couple years of, you know, just having a rough time with uh, kitchen management. Mm-hmm. And uh, around the time they came over to my place to discuss some issues they were having. And uh, I was temporarily shut down at the time. And they're like, oh, you know, it's a shame we can't just hire you. And I was like, get off, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> it might be I th- time. I think I'm done with this. Wow. Yeah. So do you think do you think that prompted you to end Tanuki faster, knowing, okay, here's, a, here's another option? What, was it that moment that you thought, okay, well, maybe I can? No, um, it it was, um, so the, the reason for uh, the shutdown that started off as temporary was, uh, and as you know, we've always talked about it, I've always been open about it, is um, I'm severely allergic to seafood. It was um, something that started uh, as kind of adult onset, and it started mild, and it got progressively worse. And I'm, I am anaphylactic, uh, allergic. I you know, act, will die. And I just kept working with it anyways because I, you know, I had this business and I seemed to be doing okay and things got worse and worse and my health kept getting worse and worse. And then so just it's the proximity it became, too. It's not just tasting it. It's the proximity. Yeah. To, mm-hmm. to, yeah. Uh, you know, it's in the air, you know, it's cooking and, uh, you know, Tanuki doesn't have a full kitchen. It never did. It's electric hot plates. There's no hood. And uh, so, you know, if I'm, whether I'm steaming it or blanching it or, you know, whatever I'm doing, you know, those fumes are in the air and uh, it just got progressively worse over time to the point that I was getting desperately ill. Um, and, and how did that, what was the symptom of that? How are you desperately well, ill? Well, I'm not really big on talking too much about, you know, personal health matters, but it was, it was uh, you know, I, you can't breathe, you can't sleep. Uh, it was actually giving me heart trouble. But you so. stuck with it for a while, to reference what we talked about huh? before, being of the generation to per- <laughs> persevere. So mm-hmm. with that, you were, you know... You know, it's uh, I had a lease, one. I mean, you, right. you, they don't just let you out of those because you're not feeling well. Right. Um, where, where that went is uh, I was considering, uh, you know, trying to reconcept. I was looking at that. Um, took a few weeks break to just recover because I was, you know, just physically a mess at that point. And um, I was looking at Reconcept. I was like, hey, you know, we'll try to do something else with this, get away from seafood. And uh, then my wife got very sick. And uh, so I was like, well, helping out at East Gleason to, you know, bring in some money to pay the rent at Tanuki. <laughs> that, uh, um, well, that was closed and I was figuring things out and then just uh, needed to be uh, available to uh, help out with, uh, with Melissa's uh, health issues. And, mm. uh, so that was the point where I just, you know, had to make a decision. And, um, even, even if, uh, it looked like I could have bounced back after the new years, after she started feeling better, um, I just need to make myself more available at home mm-hmm. and, uh, running Tanuki is not that, right. uh, six days a week, 15 hours a day is not, uh, conducive to even a good marriage, much less, you know, one where uh, where you need to be available to help someone out a little bit. And so I would imagine that when you made the decision, it was a big relief once you made the decision because it sounds like you were grappling with this for a while. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, it's, I think anything being up in the air is stressful. And so I certainly wasn't happy about 
being in the position where I had to make that decision. Right. Uh, that that did not please me at all. But uh, it, it was good to just definitively say, okay, this is it, lying in the sand, give notice to the landlords, all that. Um, and uh, I kind of wanted to keep it on the down low for a while. I mean, this is uh, this is the first time I've talked about that. There was a, a brief thing in the eater that was just about the temporary, like, yeah, sick, seafood, I have to figure out what to do, but this is actually um, the first public announcement that Tanuki is done. It's gone. Oh, yeah. That it is actually. Um, well, you made one on Facebook. That would you would consider fa- you would consider that private. Uh, that that was my private personal, page. Yeah, yeah, that was okay. my personal page. Uh, this is the first public announcement of it. Oh, yeah. So is that difficult? For, is it difficult for so you? I'll see you in hell, Tanuki people. <laughs> <laughs> they all know that. I they will all see that. you in hell. They all knew that ahead of yeah. time. So it's a shame I'm such a wonderful wife. <laughs> <laughs> Are you? Uh, is it difficult? At this moment, for you to is it as the public the public recognition that it's closed? Um, I, I difficult how? Well, just emotionally. Um, right now, you know, um, not really emotionally so much. I uh, I try to deflect attention where I can. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really, I don't bear sh- close scrutiny in general. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, there's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, it's it's not particularly difficult. I mean, it's been ongoing for a while. And uh, there was really, I mean, yes, I could have made other choices, but that wouldn't be who I am if I made, well, if I made any other choices. So, I mean, every everything I've chosen is inevitable uh, just based on who I am. So Well, and also, you know, there's a whole future in front of you. So you have, still have decisions to make and, mm. and have directions to go. Well, I'm, maybe, I'm 45. There's not that much of a future ahead well, of me. <laughs> don't say that because I'm quite a bit older than that. So I like, I always like to think there's a little bit of, there's promise and, uh, you know, there are yeah. different things to do. However, you're in a hard industry. So as you get. It is rough on progr- the body. Yeah, it's rough it's, on the it's body. Rough. It's rough emotionally. Yeah. It takes a toll. So. Um, what were some of the other concepts that you had considered changing it to? Uh, really just trying to figure out a way to get, you know, I, I mean, I wanted to stay with sake and Japanese whiskey. It wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, switching, you know, completely to a different thing, but um, just trying to get away from all the seafood. And it, um, I think what that came down to, in, aside from, you know, my personal uh, issues, my home life, um, deciding that it wasn't feasible to be running this business well with that going on. Um, I think I was just realizing that it would be kind of silly to drag it out. Some things are a moment in time, and it it just seemed like it would be trying to cling to something that had its moment already, you know? You know like uh, the things you throw overboard in a crisis, uh, Sure, you could probably dredge them up later, but they tend to suffer a sea change and not for the better. I think it was really uh, necessary to let it go. Do you still have any interest in um, the retail side of the business? Because you've always had some wonderful things that you offered up. Oh, yeah. um, are you still going to be doing that? Uh, no, because I'm I'm fully committed. I'm uh, I'm managing over at East Gleason. I'm I'm their chef oh, so now. So you can't pop up. Somewhere you know, else. I, I might do some little pop-up type things. That might be fun. Uh, mm-hmm. I've actually, you know, talked with Nick uh, over at me, Meryl Mole, about potentially doing some stuff. 
uh, Paul Willenberg, uh, who's really into sake, um, who I met when I first opened Tanuki. Um, he's gotten into uh, doing sake, and uh, he's been doing... He's into a lot of things. He He's a busy guy, that Paul. I know. He's also, <laughs> um, he makes some great pizza, too. He does great things. Uh, have you ever been to any of his little pop-up sake things at uh, Pizzeria Ara? No, I haven't been to that. I went to his pop-up pizza mm. thing at... Uh, at his house? No, it was a winery. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, there. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the, uh, yeah. Refresh my your memories, but your memory is fifteen years younger than mine. So. I, I do remember what he did. He did. Uh, he actually did uh, the uh, tonato on on fry bread pizza with right. uh, with prosciutto. Yeah, it was, it was it fantastic. Was really good. Yeah. I just sat with him over at uh, what's it called Churchgate Station. I have never been there. Yeah, well, it just opened. Well, if you do ago. see on his uh, on his timeline, uh, he does occasionally pop up at Pizzeria Auto. I and, have uh, seen that. And they uh, they'll do a special pizza that pairs with the sake, and then of course all their regular menu too. And uh, I'm good friends with those guys over there. Uh, Sam is awesome. You, how, what is the reason that you seem to be friends with a lot of pizza people? Uh, right? I, I am so a friendly bitch. I am a bitch of peace <laughs> oh, so and I joy. Could, I could find any, <laughs> any food category, and you're right there. Well, I mean, Tanuki was always an industry hangout above anything else. So, you know, just, you know, the circles of people that uh, I moved to Portland after, uh, you know, being in New Zealand and just pretty much landed, saw a spot out, opened it. And so... Pretty much anyone I know, I know through Tanuki because I wasn't anywhere else. It was, right. you know, Tanuki, go home, take a shower, Tanuki. I don't remember if we covered this or not because I don't, I couldn't remember it even if we discussed it two weeks ago. But mm-hmm. um, did you have you have you told us what got you here from New Zealand? How you got to Portland from New Zealand? What was the impetus for that? Uh, there was a, there was a stayover in uh, California for a little bit because all our stuff was stuck there. Um, uh, got held up. Um, but, you know, just coming back from there and looking for somewhere to land, um, part of it was there had to be a great food scene, which, uh, was just, uh, just starting when, just, when I arrived. And, was that uh, 05? Uh, seven. Oh, seven. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, there were a couple little things, but he, like Le Pigeon was new. Everything was new. Pock Pock was new at that time. Yeah, no, 07 was, that's like when country, when Adam left mm-hmm. Wildwood, went to open country, Cat. Yeah. 07 was a pretty significant time. And uh, so there was the factor that it had to have um, a, not quite there, but a growing uh, culinary scene. It had to have reasonable rates, you know, uh, Portland is no longer reasonable to do business in, right. but at the time, it was wildly affordable and uh it had to be a place where uh, my wife's uh, license to practice, uh, because not all states have reciprocity. So, those were uh, those were the guidelines: was it had to be a place where I could do business, and it had to be a place uh, that had reciprocity with her licensure. What does she practice? Uh, clinical psychology. Oh, yeah. And then it is amazing that someone in mental health would be with me. That's. <laughs> that, <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad I didn't that just think boggles that. the fucking mind, doesn't it? <laughs> I was actually. You were there, but I was stuck on choosing Portland the because you were looking for a bastion of liberalism. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just a place where you could wallow in all the mm. uh, all the 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 social mindset. You know, Portland was much more libertarian back then than it is in '07. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. 
or Oregon especially, but Portland was yeah, well, Portland Oregon was kind is, of on the cusp, and now it's kind of gone. How do you th- what What do you think changed that? Fucking Californians. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, moving so here those with their us, crazy ways. <laughs> so then, I, then, followed by people from Connecticut. I was going to say Connecticut and Utah. <laughs> California. Get, Court came from Utah. U- Utah. Yeah. 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 He's got his. That is the coolest jazz mm-hmm. hat. Which, by the way, the dumbest name in the world of Utah Jazz. Well, it, it's the it's the history. They came from New Orleans. I and know. They, they, they came just, from New it's Orleans. Like the, it's like the Lakers. It's like the Dodgers. Those all came from where they came well, from. That, that is true. All right. When you put it that way, but it does, shouldn't require such a long explanation. I, if well, I I know, but if if it were today, they would make them change their name. Back in the late seventies, early eighties, they didn't. Who, who knows? I don't have to explain myself. I just love the Jazz. You just need to explain your wardrobe. <laughs> We have is, no, is that a is that a sports ball team? That's a sports ball sports team. Ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. And, and and they're they're playing the uh, local sports ball team tonight. And so I had to oh, make sure ah. people know where. Uh, I'm, is it here? No, nah, it's it's there. Oh, they're, they're, so you're just you're just making just, sure people know where I lie on the issue. Nobody's around. It's MLB. I don't know the sports. Pardon? Yeah, I don't know any of the sports. I love the sports ball terminology. <laughs> the sports ball team Shouldn't. that doesn't include hockey. Then right, sports ball. Nope. Can't be dealing with I'm it. sure there's some balls involved somewhere. It's a flatten. <laughs> it's a flattened ball. <laughs> it's a yeah. So, Smashed. Um, and then what got? What brought you to New Zealand? Uh, that I'd uh, just gotten headhunted to uh, to. Um, they they were having the big uh, tourism boom because of Lord of the Rings and all that. New Zealand <laughs> tourism had just boomed, and they didn't really have. Uh, people to anything. do stuff yeah they yeah. didn't have anything for that sheep to do things but yeah. not so many people I think that continues today because I every now and then I'll mm-hmm. see somebody post some sort of article and there are parts of New, uh, New Zealand and even Australia where they don't have enough skilled not either yeah. skilled laborers or people in like specialized industries to actually do the yeah. work and so they said hey come come live in this wonderland yeah, and they didn't have the fine dining people to to do what tourism required they want you know they needed high-end, high-ticket places, and they didn't have people to do it. So uh, I uh, got brought over on uh, what's called an exceptional talent um, Oh, that's uh, visa. awesome. You yeah. can hang that on your wall yeah. for your life. Yes. I don't, I don't <laughs> have anything Exceptional talent. Like that. yeah. That's me. <laughs> so fucking talented. Oh, yes, you are. <laughs> I, I, I take cold things and make them warm. Yeah, on hot plates. <laughs> I, I take things that are big and chop them into little pieces. It's really... Uh, you know the the whole chef culture. I I don't quite understand the fascination. I have to admit because I'm just like, this is what I did because I didn't go to school and I didn't want to be a burden on society. So I cook things. I the whole uh, chef groupie culture is uh, to this day endlessly fascinating and amusing to me. Do you do you watch it and then uh, it's amusing, but when you see it's kind of permeated a little bit in Portland. And, oh, and oh, yeah. I mean, it's part of what I've done too. Is mm-hmm. celebrate the big, and I'll tell you why I have done it. Mm-hmm. And from your standpoint, so you, I think, take it for granted because you've done it from a young age and you've done it well. I see some inc- just delicious, tasty food. People that can multitask mm-hmm. to no end because I just can't even. You can't eat when I'm cracking an egg. Don't mm-hmm. talk to me. <laughs> so um, and so when I first. When I came to Portland and started sitting at chef's counters, I said, and given the fact that we don't have a lot of sports ball teams mm-hmm. here, a couple, but not where I came from in New York, where sports was oh, big. Yeah. 
And I thought these are kind of our, this is the, this is exactly the mm-hmm. antithesis of what you think. But I thought <laughs> these are rock stars in my, not necessarily that word, but I thought these are really cool people that need to be celebrated. They work hard. So mm-hmm. you talked about how hard. I, I like work. hard work. Yeah. So people, they work really hard and they produce something that gives a lot of people pleasure. There aren't a lot of professions that can necessarily say that. You know, you can have a great doctor mm-hmm. and maybe give you some pleasure in fixing a problem. Well, but... they've cut back on the opioids, so they don't really <laughs> anymore so much. Right. <laughs> Doctors but... used to give people pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> well, or they've tried. But at any rate, I, I didn't mean to get into that profession. <laughs> but um, I'm just here to bemoan the good old days. Yeah, but my... Everything sucks and the kids are smoking dope. It's terrible. What, in the good old days? <laughs> no, now. Now. Joking, joking. Um, well, things have changed a lot, right? Yeah. But, so, you, but I, I mean, I think it's great what you do, and, and I totally understand that to some people they see it, and it's really interesting and fascinating to them. But, you know, like you said, it's I've, I've been doing this my entire life, not even my entire adult life. When I was a kid, I was doing it. And to me, it is menial labor. It is just manual hard work but to you, me. But you don't see what you produce that's delicious and people praise you a lot is is noteworthy and and you're extremely talented. What was the term you used? Uh, exceptional talent. Exceptional, yeah, exceptional talent. Yeah. You don't you don't see yourself <laughs> that way. No, not really. It's it's I mean it's it's a craft. So there's you know, there's certain parts of it that are, you know, um, artistic, although I hate Referring to cooking as an art, it's a craft. It's, you know, you do it well, and it's something to be proud of if you do it well, but it's it's hard for me to find it fascinating. Any any more well, than I think anyone, oh, you know. Oh, that I can understand. Yeah. yeah, you don't find it fascinating. But, um, you know, you, one of the things that, that anybody who knows you knows that you, your industry brothers and sisters have have a lot of respect for you. They love your food. They'll stop what they're doing on a Wednesday <laughs> to go pick up what you're selling, right? So um, that's... People are very kind. Well, yeah, but they don't have to be. We're in a town where they don't yeah. have to be necessarily kind to one person, but you've... you've Honestly, ca- I think they're scared of me. <laughs> yeah, well, that's... that's Little bit. So, <laughs> so you think that, yeah. that, that the uh, when they when they're purchasing, you know, some. Delicious things that you're selling. That's really a, like a kind of a, a mafia form of, <laughs> of buying you off to leave you. So you buy leave my them super, alone. I'll put my clog up your ass. Yes, yeah. Exactly. Keep, no, no, keep I, them safe. I make delicious soup. It's true. Um, yeah. So you know that. Anyway, so um, so you may do that once in a while, but you're right now committed to. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, for for the foreseeable future. For the for, and do yeah. you, are you enjoying it? And what's your what's your best pizza? We I have to go. That's got. I'm that's going to go right to the top of my yeah, pizza list because I just went to Pizza Jerk for the first time in a while the other day. Love Tommy. Yeah, well, yeah. he's got the clam jam over there. Would yeah. you make a white clam with no shells? Oh, you can't. <laughs> you can't now. I'm sorry. Well, I I, I mean I could. I would, yeah, but I, you why I'd, go I'd, there? I'd make them do it on my day off. Mm. <laughs> yeah, why go there? That was. I'm sorry, I wasn't putting two and two together yeah. really quickly. My brain is no. Really... But definitely, um, if you're looking at what to do there, uh, the Detroit pizza is what everyone's talking right right now. That's uh, that's Tuesday and Saturday only, though. The do the uh, dough is a two day process, mm-hmm. so it's you know something we do twice a week. And and the lasagna is fantastic. That's a Sunday only thing. Make a you know the pasta in house, 
making the cheese in-house. Let's hear a little bit of your lasagna because I just went to Bologna Mm -hmm. and I had lasagna that I had never had. Mm -hmm. So how do you make your lasagna? Well, actually, uh, Max is making the lasagna, not me. Okay, well, how does Max make the lasagna? Because you praised it. so Very, very very carefully does Max make the lasagna. <laughs> uh, but it's, that's it's, the recipe, just be careful. <laughs> careful, careful. <laughs> Pretty much like that. Um, it's, a, you know, uh, fresh eggs uh, from uh, Kristen's uh, friend's chickens, their farm. Um, Really fresh eggs, just really simple, simple ingredients. Uh, great tomatoes, great eggs in the pasta, and a homemade cheese with fresh milk. Very so, nice. Yeah. So the one thing that I that caught my attention over there, we mm-hmm. ordered lasagna, and the pasta layers. There were mm-hmm. a lot of them. Were oh yes. So thin. Mm-hmm. So thin, and you like, and it wasn't very tomatoey. It wasn't red. It was more brown. It was mm-hmm. almost like, a, and yeah, I took my butter knife about an eighth of an inch in mm-hmm. and just took it and it just sliced and fell off. I, I the, think you're, you're going to find that to be true of this too. Okay. Um, now it, it is more of a red, a uh, red sauce. Right. Um, well, I but, think that's a little more of the American. Yeah. But it's, stuff. it's fairly, fairly traditional. I mean, you look at it, um, you know, as you start heading more towards uh, Naples is where you start getting the more tomato based. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not like the heavy cooked, like meat sauce, like Italian American. Very, very simple, you know, very good crushed tomatoes, a little bit of crushed chili, a little bit of crushed garlic, and uh, and some cream. Hey, Chris, let's pause just a moment here in the podcast to talk about one of our favorite places to eat, Ringside Steakhouse. Where right now, of course, they had set up a wonderful outdoor dining situation, and now we can't dine indoors or outdoors, but what you can do uh, is enjoy takeout from ringside so if you're in the mood for a hearty steak or even prime rib they have three course steak dinners to go five nights a week starting at only 38 dollars per person and uh you know for ringside steaks that's fantastic so go to their website and see what that's all about you can uh, uh order to go uh and you can find them on doordash and caviar or directly there call for pickup uh, starting at 3.30 and pick it up until 7.30, starting um, at 503-223-1513. That's 503-223-1513 at Ringside for a great pickup uh, opportunity for to eat wonderfully tonight or tomorrow night or the next night. Starting on Wednesday, they're open Wednesday through Sunday. That's right. The, the, those are the five days a week. And we should also point out that, uh, you know, you're talking about the things you can get on a regular day. They also have some really great holiday meal kits. So whether it be for Thanksgiving or Christmas or Hanukkah down the road, why not let Ringside Steakhouse be part of your holiday celebrations just in your own house instead of theirs? That's, that's great. The ser- well, we'll hope the service can be anywhere near as good as it is at Ringside at Home, but... I don't think so, but that's okay. It's only, they started only $38. Yeah. That's good. Yep. Also, one other thing you can do is, uh, of course, great holiday gift idea, uh, ringside gift cards. Those you can buy and those serve a few purposes. They're a great idea to give someone um, who will not be able to wait to go out to dinner after this is all said and done right. and also help support ringside who, um, you know, they've been going this through this for eight months. It can't have been easy. 
and uh, it uh, it's something you can do to support restaurants. Do that anywhere, but um, thank you again for Ringside for supporting this podcast for years now. Appreciate At- it. Absolutely. So if you want to find out all about the uh, to-go food, uh, head on over to ringsidesteakhouse.com. So is your life easier now? <laughs> um, I, I don't think I could ever let my life get easy. It's it's pleasant. I really love being there. Um, like I said, you know, Kristen and Todd are really good friends of mine. They're fantastic people. Um, they treat but- their employees really well. So it's it's really a happy place to be. But um, not having full responsibility for an establishment. I think I take a lot of responsibility. I'm I'm compulsively well, responsible, so I'm right, I'm always they're, grasping they're doing at some things. Of the financial things and yeah. some of the scheduling. That I do not have to pay the bills. Right, That's exactly. Nice. Not having to pay the bills yeah. and not having to make sure everything's square. Yeah. I'm sure you do some of that, but at the end of the day, you're not. The buck doesn't stop with you. No. I'm I'm trying to take a little stress off them where I can and, and, and ease uh, some of those things off them. But yeah, ultimately, uh, ultimately it's theirs. And uh, I just, you know, really my goal there is to make them happy, Mm -hmm. take some burdens off them and make their customers happy. So, and so do you have any, I should have prompted, I should have keyed you in on this beforehand just so you'd have time to think. Is Spangler coming back? No, no, no. I want a chicken sandwich. (laughs) um has he come in and had your pizza um he hasn't been in since i've been there but uh he's he's been in there um actually one time just randomly um i went in as a customer and he was there to uh to check out their detroit pizza oh nice um but no what i was going to ask you is do you have so Some of the most noteworthy Facebook posts. The look on your face is so full of mischief right now. (laughs) Do I actually have that look? And did I terrify Janice Martin? (laughs) Let's go go down on record court. That's going to be the... Just the headline we're gonna, of the podcast. Now we're going to lead with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not possible. But no, my, but, Impish look on Chris's face. No, and I, <laughs> Horrifies but, local chef. Film at um, six. And maybe I'm violating your privacy because I'm on your private feed, but some of my favorite posts are when you had uh, customers who you viewed as like <laughs> the nightmare on Elm Street, and you would tell us about them. Are there any that you might share with us that you remember some of your worst customer experiences at Tanuki. Oh dear God, there were there were so many. That, and, and, you know, <laughs> I, that. I mean, it was it was either. Um, I, I have to say, Tanuki was a place of extremes. So it's most people were just fantastic and delightful to have there. But there were some people who did not enjoy what we were, and rather than say this is not for me and go. They had to make an issue of it. I, I did have a guy, and you kicked people out when that happened. Like, well, yeah, boy, not, I wish I had that, that <laughs> restaurant cam. Yeah, there, there were some interesting uh, ejections, but uh, we used to do those giant one-liter cans of uh, Asahi, the truly huge ones. And uh, I did have a guy throw an entire liter of Asahi in my face in the middle of Friday service once. So mm-hmm. that was a good one. And how did how was he ejected? I assume. Well, with extreme prejudice, it was it was actually interesting because as I was throwing him and his friend out, physically, while they, like, um, did you grab them by the the collar? No, no. Oh, okay. I I I was menacing in the way like one of those small little Australian creatures with huge teeth might. Right. But uh, 
I try not to touch people if I can avoid it because you can't. You know, one, one, I don't like touching people, and 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 two, assault. But uh, yeah, it, he and he and his friend, as I was ejecting them from the place, uh, their wives showed up, and his wife's like, "What's going on?" I was like, "Your husband just assaulted me, and you should get him out of here because the police are going to be here soon." And that well, was that, that was quite nice of you to help yeah. them avoid the police confrontation. Yeah. That's yeah. the kind of person you are. I, I just give and I give. It's <laughs> a fucking humanitarian. <laughs> are there any others that that uh, special people that you want to commemorate? <clears throat> oh, the Special People's Club. Um, I mean, this is what people love. <laughs> they love to come. They want to hear the restaurant confrontation. Oh yes, because people don't already think I'm a crazy bitch. It's like. Oh, look, it's Tanuki no, talking about all the people she know, threw out. <laughs> let's, so there are surely people from the industry listening to this podcast, but there are others who don't know who Janice, <laughs> didn't know Tanuki, didn't mm-hmm. know Janice Martin, and you are perfectly happy that they didn't know you and they didn't I know about I am perfectly content with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but, but to, uh, you know, to share some of the love with them. I'm, uh, I'm temperamentally ill-suited to notoriety, really. Yeah. I remember when I first, you know, I have this gift certificate program and I and I contacted you because someone had said they mm-hmm. wanted to uh, refer their Was it Holdfast? I think it might have been the it guys at Holdfast. It could have been the guys at Holdfast. There were so. quite, probably quite a few mm-hmm. along the way who when I asked for their favorites list would mm-hmm. put Tanuki. So I kind of res- didn't for a while so I probably mm-hmm. on the Holdfast like the yeah. third time, fourth time I contacted you and said, "You know, I don't necessarily want these people in my <laughs> <laughs> in my restaurant who are referred from Holdfast. Sorry, Holdfast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I so, love you guys, really. I love that. It was the year, in, in my eight years of doing that, it's the, you're the only one to respond that I really don't want these people in my bar. Well, I mean, it, I, I, I would mitigate that a little bit. I was, I was like, yeah, I don't do gift certificates because... They don't I, understand why yeah. they're coming. Well, it's like, at, at that point, there's an entitlement, which is, you know, they spent money. And they have this thing, and, and since tu- Tanuki was so not for everyone, right. it was such a specific thing, and it was really hard to get into. It, you know, it just, it, the chance of, of disappointing people was very, very high. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I know it'll shock people to know that that's actually not my goal, is to disappoint people. It no, ha- not It at happened all. a lot, inevitably, but... Yeah, I try not to piss people off if I can avoid it. Well, but you had something that a lot of people weren't familiar with. And not only that, you really would have preferred just to have a bar with a little bit of food. And Mm -hmm. from what I understand, but regulations turned you into... Gotta have a full menu. Yeah, gotta have a full menu. (laughs) And so, so instead of focusing, you know, behind in the kitchen or in the bar on doing some things Mm -hmm. you really wanted to do, you had to spend a lot of time... In a tiny little kitchen, mm-hmm. and also you don't you get a little credit, or you get some of the credit from Maya Lovelace now, right? You kind of taught her some of the ropes. Oh, uh, Maya's her own person. I, I I wouldn't say I get any credit. You know, I I definitely tried to you know get word of mouth out you know about her because you know she did wonderful work for me. Um, no, I think Maya was her own person, and with or without me, she'd be but, where she is. Oh, okay. So she, you don't think she learned some new skills with you that she's taken and and used to create her own successes? You know, I I, I hope I would I would like to hope that uh, that she learned some things, but I don't know honestly if I could say she learned things from me. She might not have learned elsewhere. Right. Um, yeah, perhaps, but- perhaps better, perhaps worse. I mean. 
you know, that's that was the whole point of uh, of having staff at Nuki was to mentor. Um, that's what I've always done, and uh, you know, they've all gone on to do great things. And Lua Tapalaya. Yeah, uh, I was just going to ask you some of the others, and yeah, and uh, Lua Tapalaya is doing fantastic work. Um, they've you know been making a lot of changes lately, and um, it's a great place. It's you know one of my favorites in town, and uh, and uh, Mauricio, uh, who worked for me, Mauricio Prado, he's uh, he's a sous chef over at Lemoule now. So that's one of my favorite places, isn't it? Fantastic! Yeah. I love that place. Well. If anybody's ever looking for a romantic evening, yes, then the booths and the bar <laughs> at La Moule, or even the bar itself, with Nathan over there. Sometime. Anywhere there is lovely, really. Yeah, you know, yeah but I like the I like the mm-hmm. the bar at the booths yeah. back there. Low lighting works well for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I would almost take a corporate horror job just so I could spend every night at La Moule, but <laughs> not quite hear, ready to go that far that? yet. <laughs> Aaron and and folks over at La Moule, so um. Uh, so there's them, and then Maya. You, it's pretty awesome where Maya Lovelace has gone. I, you know, I first really. So I learned about her from following Tanuki. I don't know mm-hmm. necessarily know at, and then when she started doing her pop ups, mm-hmm. I went to one of the first ones, and I remember thinking, man, this woman is is just pretty <laughs> awesome. She's and, a force of nature. It's true. Yeah, and I and I said to who who was I with? I don't. Or maybe it was somebody afterwards. I said she's going to be the next big thing in this city oh absolutely and that was a while ago and she and is she's still, but she still hasn't opened her yeah. own <laughs> yeah she is and she's still got a long you know a lot of wonderful things in front of her yeah so, I, I think she's i think she's getting ready to open like i saw her put out a call for staff so yeah no, I, I think it's we're coming it's coming up fast in the next That's month awesome. or two it's going to be pretty cool and uh she's really been playing around with her menu mm-hmm. a lot too so um, yeah i've seen some little sample things and Looks fantastic. Does she ever it's going to be for, huge. Hit. For uh, recipe or menu advice, or no, she doesn't need that from me. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> it's 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 funny how quickly you <laughs> chuckled on that one. No, I mean she doesn't. It, I mean, one, it's a completely different thing, and, and well, two, you're friends, and she respects you yeah. as a as a professional. As a professional. Yep. I don't know if she ever saw me behave professionally before. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't I don't know that Tanuki was a beacon of professionalism. Now I am. I think in general I am, but Tanuki was Tanuki was its own little universe. It it was kind of outside of space and time. And um what are you gonna miss most? Being god of my own personal universe was nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Beholden to no one, no staff, nothing. Um I had one you know, one staff person was always how I ran the place. Just one person in front and me in back and helping out in front. And then uh, the last uh, the last nine months, I went to no staff. Just me bartending, waiting the tables and cooking. Really? Yeah, last nine months were just me. Wow. Yeah. And how many seats in? in? Uh, 20. That's a lot of people to take care of I am, every night. I am much more energetic than I look. Yeah, well, no, you have to be energetic. Yeah. I wouldn't question that for a second. To but, be you know, that, that was another thing about, you know, when people thought the rules were like some kind of chefly ego. I was like, no, this is exactly how it needs to work for this to happen. Right. And, uh, yeah. Well, and the other thing that I, people know, but just lay people who go to restaurants, when you're running the front of the house and the back of the house, you didn't just show up at five o'clock. You were there prepping all day, all morning, and all day. And 
It's just, yeah. it's all consuming. It was so, usually there 7 a.m. till midnight or 1 a.m. Wow. Most days, yeah. So, um, did you feel, aside from your health issues, mm-hmm. financially, was it a good thing? Did, was it was it just sustaining you? Did you have times where you were It had its struggling? ups and downs. So there it, were, it definitely had its ups and downs uh, when, when I started having a lot of health problems dealing with food because, you know, one day it was just, you know, a shrimp leg got in under my fingernail and next thing you know i wake up passed out on the floor mm. and uh closed for three four four days i think that shut me down yeah. um i mean i was uh during my entire prep time it was wearing a mask wearing gloves it, and uh that is that is powering through that is you're a generation <laughs> i don't even know of that generation you're a generation unto yourself maybe <laughs> Uh, I don't know if the greatest generation. Um, the alpha and the omega. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, in retrospect, it was probably slightly insane. Um, it sounds it to me. I didn't want to say it that. It made but so much sense in the moment. I love leading you to where you can say everything. <laughs> I, it made sense at the time. It really did. Um, now I well, look back and go, okay, that was probably a little unhinged. Well, but, but at the time, you're in it. Yeah. And you, have to, you don't have a lot of options, right? So, yeah. What am I going to do? Just shut this down? And is there anything else you think you'd be good at <laughs> outside of uh, the restaurant industry? Well, I was a musician. Okay. Yeah. So you think you can make a living doing that? And, and, and like all failed musicians, I opened a bar. Right. So, so what do you play? Huh? Uh, a lot of things. Um, uh, as far as like rock music, uh, I played primarily bass and baritone guitar, but mm-hmm. played a fair number of classical instruments too, flute, you- piano. Can we find you saxophone. around town at all? <laughs> no, I I don't like uh, I don't like attention. I don't like being on stage. <laughs> well, that doesn't really you know, work for the music you know, business. The, the whole the whole you know no photos, no pictures. Don't look at me. That, that doesn't <laughs> and, really and that doesn't really of, work for you. And on top of that, fuck you. <laughs> as, a, as a last, <laughs> don't talk to me. Don't look at me. Don't touch me. Fuck you. Yeah, that's that doesn't really work. Well, well for you that would industry. have done really well in Hollywood in the in the late seventies in the punk industry because that's pretty much what it was yeah um but so well to be a good musician you have to play yeah fairly often do you just play at home um i don't really anymore my hands are wrecked (laughs) from years and years and years of cooking um so yeah I, i noodle around a little bit i write but um no i don't really play that much what would you say um you had to, so one thing about tanuki is i'm guessing you've had a lot of wonderful regulars mm-hmm. that came in there oh yeah so did you get to say goodbye to them or did you close down and if you didn't what would you say to them well i mean that was that was kind of the unfortunate thing is um with um i i decided i denounced that i was going to do a bunch of desa- dates in december to uh to try to have that whole farewell thing but uh, that is uh, when, when my wife got sick. So um, that just got tabled. And so I'm, uh, honestly, you know, what I'd say to them is, sorry about that. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I made promises that I uh, didn't keep, which is very unlike me. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I regret not being able to do that. Is she doing better now? Oh, yeah. yeah. Good. She's getting better. Well, that's good. Thank so, you for asking. So everything's getting better all the time. Oh, yeah. Not all the time. You know. At this time, it's getting better. You know, Tanuki was a great moment of time, but, uh, you know, as as the revelation that I just had that you prompted, that was probably really crazy. Probably should have ended earlier, but, uh, you know, before all the health problems set in. But, 
Uh, I think t- things tend to happen the way they need to. Um, I think if I'd ended it when it made more sense to end it uh, for my health, there would have been, been those when? nagging regrets. Yeah. And, and instead of nagging regrets, it was just very definitive, no, this can't happen anymore. So right. n- not having space to second-guess yourself, um, it, it can sound really bad at, at the time, but um, it's it's actually kind of healing. Just going, this couldn't have happened any other way. Right. And I think what you yeah. just said is, is very important that you, yeah. you didn't leave it with wondering what could it have been. Yeah. You knew what it was and took it to as far as you could take it. Yeah. There was, there was no wondering like, did I give up too soon? Did, you know, did I just quit? Did I, no, no, it, it couldn't have happened any other way. And like I said, the big regret is not, uh, not giving all the regulars and everything a chance to say goodbye, but they, they can come and see me at L'Amour. I was just <laughs> going to say that. Or they can come and eat pizza. L'Amour or Expatriate. I hang out at fantastic places. I've they can not, come see me there. I've, I can't say I'm at Expatriate a lot, but I've been, I was just there last week. I haven't run into you there. I have to do that sometime. Yeah. I need to buy you a drink. You do need to buy me a drink. At least one. I would love a free drink. Oh, you get yeah. a free drink. Yeah. Um, uh, actually, what I love doing there is, you know, um, going there with a, uh, with a couple of my friends and watching the uh, blind dates occur and judging them harshly. Oh, God. There's I'm, nothing like sitting at a bar listening to two people, you know, who just met uh-huh. on something, on some platform and yeah. are sitting there talking about each other. And it's because I've done mm-hmm. it so much. Mm-hmm. And then you start realizing what an idiot one sounds. Oh, yeah. One can sound like. It's probably helpful, you know, if one, I'm, I, I haven't dated since I was a kid. Um, I've been You're married. You're still here. a kid, I think. <laughs> you don't have any gray hair. Well, a little bit. Oh, come on. <laughs> yes, my clean living has kept me young. Exactly. Uh, no, it's it's going to be uh, 21 years in February that I've been married. So. Wow. Yeah. So that's I a long run. So you know, for someone who does still date, though, I mean, it's it's great to look at people be assholes. I imagine and go, okay, maybe I'm going to stop doing that now that I see it from the other side. Well, I thought a long time ago. And still ended up doing it for a while, but right now, I'm, <laughs> right now I'm off the market, which is really awesome because oh, I haven't been able to that. say that for a long time, or out of the market. I want, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to presume that my like, oh, I've taken myself mm-hmm. off the market. The mm-hmm. world is mm-hmm. not it, not as pro- <laughs> pro- it's not as promising for the world. No, it's the other way around. I don't have to l- be looking any longer or thinking about it anyway. That's it. So. Um, it takes a lot of time and effort, the whole dating thing. Yeah. And you must have seen it at Tanuki. You must have seen two people there. Oh, God. Trying it was to horrific. impress each other. <laughs> oh, God. So sad. So tragic. <laughs> oh, God. Did, I just felt so bad for people. <laughs> what percentage of people do you think were there on a first date? Oh, there was a lot. Yeah. A I lot. would imagine it would have to be. There were definitely, like, um, you know, dating app kind of things going on that I'd observe, but. Also, a lot of people, especially my friends in the industry, would say that, you know, that they used Tanuki to judge oh. the, the people, you know, whether they would work out or not. It's like, well, if they can hang at Tanuki, if they like this, they can, you know, they're probably a pretty cool person. That's like, in, you remember, you may or may not remember one of my favorite scenes in Diner. Remember that movie? That was the first one I got on VHS. That's uh, how long ago that was. You were just a, a child. A sprout. A sprout. But, um... She, he made his wife take the Baltimore Colts test, and if she, she did not pass it, she was mm. they were not getting married. So that's uh, now, nowadays yeah. to update it. The modern version of that is yeah. how you're going to deal with Tanuki and Janice. 
is when Janice <laughs> comes out. How are you going to treat Janice? <laughs> Can you put up with Janice's shit? Uh, one of my favorite, you know, you were asking about customer stories, but date stories was this just insanely gorgeous woman and this guy who was not. And a gorgeous he, he wasn't a gorgeous woman. <laughs> this guy was not a gorgeous woman. You know what? I shouldn't assume someone's uh, gender identity, <laughs> right. but he was emphatically not. Um, <laughs> there was there was a differential in uh, in attractiveness there, and he didn't want to buy the bottle of sake that she wanted. He wanted to get the cheapest one on the list, and she wasn't going for the most expensive, but it was you know it was mid range, and. Uh, I just after watching him haggle with this gorgeous woman for a while, I just went over. I was like, "Yeah, if you don't buy it for her, I'm going to." Yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes she got her bottle of I'm sake. Say, by the way, <laughs> those, I'm going to say those of us need to be called on our cheapness yes, here and there. Yes. So, um, yeah, at some point, it just goes. Just stop and just uh, just get through that date anyway in a yeah. positive way. So. Um, Getting and, through a date in a positive way means you buy her the nice sake. Exactly. That's it. Just, <laughs> just you know, get her the nice booze. I got stories, too, where I didn't <laughs> do that. So, uh, and it, it either comes back to haunt you or it's a really good indication on how someone handles that. Yeah. So uh, I'm not going to stop and tell that story now because we're almost done. We're almost out almost. of time. Well, what do you have? Uh, do you have any fun plans for the future um, that are outside of work? I don't tend to do anything outside was, of work. I thought you were going to say no. <laughs> I, but uh, I, I was hoping that you'd say I'm going to take a trip here or do something. Um, you know, um, waiting for Yuja Wang to tour the U.S. again. So wherever she ends up playing next, because she had to cancel her last Portland show, wherever Yuja Wang is, I will probably take time off and go see her. Okay. So, and she's probably listening to this podcast. Oh, yeah, I'm she sure knows, she is, yeah. She knows that. Yeah. So, but if you could, if money and time and logistics weren't an obstacle, what would you, would you want to travel? What would so you want to do? So reality was suspended exactly. entirely. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what would you want to do? Um, I would go see a lot of symphonies and operas. Oh, nice. Yeah, i I would uh, I would travel to a lot of opera houses if there was money, no object. Do you go to the, see whatever operas are here? I don't even know what operas are important, <clears throat> but I know they're symphonies. Yeah, um, I, the Oregon Symphony is quite good. I've been to uh, a number of things. They had a fantastic um, uh, Itzhak Perlman uh, was here not too long ago, about a year and a half ago. And uh, Yo-Yo Ma and actually Yuja Wang had a performance. I had fifth row tickets for and she got sick and canceled. Oh, no. It broke my heart. But... Uh, yeah, uh, Oregon Symphony is great. I love going to uh, Seattle. is pretty much the only work, tri- you know, trips outside of Portland I've taken since I moved here. Has been to uh, see Yuja Wang in Seattle a couple times. Well, um, someone come in and eat a pizza and tip the back of the house a trip to Seattle. How about that? <laughs> I think they should. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Um, so uh, we'll see you there. All right. Anything else that you want to impart? That you know, you talked about the. Uh, Allowing you to... Uh, the wit to and wa- wisdom of failed restaurateurs? Yeah, no, no, well, not so much that, but you said thanks for letting me, whatever, wallow in the squalor or whatever oh, it was. Oh, thank you for uh, documenting my squalor. Documenting the squalor. It's a, but I don't for think posterity. Any, I don't think any doc- squalor was documented, <laughs> but, uh, but is there anything... I'm cleaner you- than usual. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I didn't check your hygiene, mm. so... Um, 
That's just flour. Pizza is a much, meant. much cleaner thing than meat and seafood. I yeah, can tell I would you imagine that. you've got to you've yeah. got to enjoy that. Yeah, and I would imagine it's, it's fantastic. It's a lot simpler. It's a lot simpler with the procurement process mm-hmm. and with the preparation. Yeah, it's got to be. You know, it's but it's you know, there's a lot of effort and love that goes into it, but it's it's simpler to be sure. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. I'll so. probably complicate it a little bit once I get settled in. Well, I'm not. I'm not, not good with leaving in. things well enough alone. You're not really settled in yet. You got any big ideas for some awesome pizza that we? Because I would imagine you got something. Well, that's uh, really... this this week we're doing a uh, quattro formaggi with duck bolognese. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, so I've uh, started doing some uh, some house charcuterie. So I put down some you. Know, uh, duck prosciutto, duck pancetta. Um, Very good. So it's not just pizza. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, those are going into on pizzas, prices, salads. Oh, those salads. are going on pizza. Yeah. Okay. And um, I think really one of the things I'm going to start pushing as spring happens is is using more um, farmer's market stuff, you know, fresh produce rotations, things like that. They use great quality products before I came on, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't really a very um, vegetable of uh, forward or focused place and mm-hmm. and uh to the extent that uh Kristen and todd uh would be happy with that i'd, I'd like to do that would probably be where i'd play with it the most and um how do you feel about portland as kind of a pizza city now it wasn't for There's, until five years ago maybe yeah, I mean, a pizza shoals really right. put well, the place on the map. Exactly. So, but and, uh, when there's one or two, mm-hmm. that's different than now. You've got you could name twenty yeah. really great pizza places, or at least not everybody likes the same pizza, but yeah. at least uh, formidable pizza. Great places, and and also um, just such a diversity of style. I mean, if you ask about what the best pizza places in Portland are. Um, they're so different. It's not, you know, the best that are the same. It's, you know, a pizza shoals is its own thing. Pizza jerk is its own thing. Um, pizzeria auto is, you know, completely its own thing. Mm -hmm. And their, their stuff is just lovely. Um, Mm -hmm. their vegetable treatments, there are amazing. The wine list is very small, but it all goes perfectly with what they serve. Um, and then, you know, of course, you know, where I'm at, East Gleason, I'm, I wouldn't be there if I didn't think they were doing fantastic things. All right, I, I hope to make would. it a little more fantastic. Well, I think you, I'm sure you will. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure not only listening to this podcast, but just the fact that people mm-hmm. know you're there are going to draw people to East Gleason that yeah. have never been there before. I haven't been. I just so. have to train myself to not say fuck in front of children. It's... It's all ages there. How do you how do you how do you do that training? Because I I have been trying to <laughs> stop saying fucking a lot. That's mm. been my this last few months, and it's hard. Radical acceptance is part of it. <laughs> Just you know, radical acceptance. I may not say fuck in front of children. Right. This is my mantra as service begins. Have you ever said it and had egg on your face in front of uh, angry parents? Um, you know, I I don't think. It got overheard, but definitely uh, my first couple days there, uh, when I was outside the line, checking things as they come out, like outside expediting, there were definitely a couple times when I just saw horrified looks on the cooks' faces. Mm. And and my first thought is like, uh, cooks that haven't heard fuck before? And, right, and then you realize why. Yeah, and then like, oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> this this isn't 21 plus, is it? Yeah. Right, so you can have a sign outside that says, unlike Tanuki, the <laughs> Cooks will not say fuck no. in front of your children. <laughs> oh, no, no, none of that there. Good. 
Uh, you know, it's it's probably going to be good for my soul. Oh, good. Yeah. I think that's a good. much less vulgar person. And we'd like to uh, check in with you at some point to see how successful you were in that venture. Fantastic. I hope you will. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me on. It's so cool of you to come on. We really appreciate it. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Right